0: Horror fam, best friends, and ghoulish nights, and welcome to the 12th episode of Murders with Mertens. I'm your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror, monster movies, cosmic horror, body horror, the horror-adjacent thrillers, the supernatural, the psychologically terrifying, scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and discuss one of their favorite scary films so we can gush about everything that makes it just so damn cool. Viewers, thank you for your support. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you're so inclined. It all helps to get the word out and bring some much needed love to this fledgling podcast. So let's not waste any time in diving into things and introducing my guest for this evening. Philip J. Woodward. Phil, how the hell
1: are you? I'm doing all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm having an interesting day, as you know, that we talked uh, before the actual show, but I don't think yeah. the people need to know about that. But not I mean, overall, all. things are good, you know, um, good. I think. I, I just uh, got confirmation on my Steam Deck, which is uh, exciting. Uh, my boss was gracious enough to give it to or to, to uh, give me the money to purchase it because for my birthday. So okay, uh, Damn, you know, it nice was kind boss. of a, a gracious, yeah, gracious gift from him. Uh, I'm excited, yeah. so that should be fun. Uh, so That's things are good.
0: Neat. Things are good. So what's the first thing that you're
1: going to try out on that sucker? uh so this has actually been something i've been thinking about for a while and honestly i don't know (laughs) uh i really i really want to play control um so that's that could be something that i play on there uh i i tried to play the switch version i was just gonna say uh, (laughs) yeah it's
0: gotta run better than the uh cloud streaming switch version
1: right (laughs) yeah well i mean the hardest part is that You you set it down, it pauses, then, you know, because you you don't think about like turning something off when you're playing on your switch, right? You just turn it on and then start playing. Oh, hey, something happening. Turn it off. Set it down. Resume playing when you get back. So with the cloud version, you can't do that. You set it down. You leave it. You got to reload the cloud version. You don't know if it's saved or auto saved or when it last auto saved for you. So, yeah, it's it's not the best thing in the world. I feel like there's a a place, you know, I think I haven't tried it, obviously, because I I don't have like a ton of Xbox products. But uh, from what I've heard, you know, you can play the Xbox version of a game on your phone and then stop playing and then resume right where you were on your Xbox. Now, I don't know if that is like hanging in the cloud, like they've got it buffered in the cloud right where you're playing or if people that I've heard talk about it are saving and then reloading right where they left off. But the way people made it sound is like they were just picking up and playing uh, as soon as they did something. So that's the kind of cloud solution that I think more platforms need is something to where that information is saved to your account and buffered in the cloud until you start playing something else, because let's be honest like we're paying for that service like we're not uh, i think for um you know nintendo online we're paying for that so i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah
0: um well anything's got to be better than trying to play control on a launch ps4 so you know <laughs> that, that thing chugged and uh getting that uh revamped revamped version uh in uh, you know, the one uh, month what was it february last year i think for uh, ps plus
1: playstation um, yeah.
0: yeah that 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 was great it was uh, finally being able to play it in a very playable very pretty uh way uh it's a hell of a game
1: uh enjoyed that yeah a lot of that and up. i i just watched a, a great tutorial video um not a tutorial but like a in-depth video on digital foundry uh, it was like, can we make games play similar to the Xbox series S, uh, on our steam deck and control was one of the games on there that played well and they got it running well. So I'm, I'm going to try and use the settings that they put up there and okay. uh, get the game running decently and smoothly, but handheld that way I can, you know, chill at lunch uh, at work or, you know, something like that and, and get through it. Um, yeah. because well- I've been wanting to finish it for a <laughs> while.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a story. It's um, I think it has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, influence and uh, inspiration from things that we are both mutual fans of for sure. Um, Well, you mentioned
1: it a a little earlier, that cosmic horror kind of element for sure. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's
0: uh, kind of dripping that and dripping style. I mean, Oh my
1: God. holy! I, you know, it it reminds me a lot of um, there's a show called Warehouse 13. Oh, yeah. Um, where, you know, there's like these cursed objects and each episode is about a cursed object or whatever. And and that's like when I first started hearing about control, like that's kind of the idea that it gave me. Obviously, once the game came out, it's very, very different. Um, but yeah, that whole idea of like this organization dedicated to cursed objects is is just really cool.
0: Yeah, man. Um, Like I said, hell of a story. I can't wait to see what you think at the end. Um, You know, for me, it's been more of, uh, you know, the past couple of years, mostly just playing Persona 5 Royal on my PlayStation and uh, not really a whole lot else. Or if I do, it's uh, then right back into that. But then, of course, this fall... We'll have the ability to play that game on the Switch, you know, as God intended, in a handheld format similar to Persona
1: Four, right? Or, or on your Steam Deck because it's going to be on Steam. That's true too. That's true.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah. As much as uh, much time as I put into that game and still have not completed it, um, God, it's very, very tempting to just get it, play it all over again while just sitting in bed or
1: something like that. Speaking of yeah. persona, I would love to see that creator. I know that they're working on like a fantasy game right now, uh, which we still haven't seen as of twenty twenty two, and I feel like it was announced in twenty seventeen, uh, so it's like five years. So I'm very intrigued to see when they're going to finally uh, show us something from that game. But regardless, I would love to see a horror game from that from that team because mm-hmm. they're you know when you look at Catherine, Catherine was about as close as we got to something in the horror realm. And if you've never played Catherine, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a psychological thriller about a guy who's kind of down on his luck and down on um, the like relationship that he's in. He's just kind of going through the motions. He, you know, he doesn't know if he's really in it anymore. And then he suddenly meets this other woman. Well, something happens between him and this woman. Uh, And it just goes to a crazy downward spiral. Uh, It's a puzzle game. Uh, So you're pushing blocks around, trying to get to the top. I don't know if you've ever played Catherine.
0: I have not. I just know, you know, it kind of vagaries about it. And that's about it.
1: Okay, so, yeah, at night, you're in a nightmare world, Uh, similar to Persona at night. Things happen or. You know, you go to another dimension, but you're in a nightmare world where you fight these horrible abominations. And by fight, I mean solve these puzzles and try and get to the top before it eats you. Um, and there, these abominations are kind of like repressed memories. And I don't, I don't want to, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but the creature designs are fantastic. There's like giant ants. The other people in the nightmare world are sheep um, because sleep and counting sheep. And, and other that things makes but, that makes
0: sense that makes sense
1: um but yeah so it's like the closest we've ever got to like a horror game from those guys and it's fantastic it's one of my favorite games of all time actually nice. uh i have and you know being from the guys that made persona if you like the persona games and you like the storytelling there and the writing and stuff i think it's definitely worth it you can pick up uh catherine full this is not an ad by the way <laughs> <laughs> we are not sponsored yeah. Yeah. You can you can pick up Catherine full body on pretty much everything now, I think. I think it's available mm-hmm. on PlayStation, I, Xbox, sure and Switch. So, and Steam. Yeah. Steam Deck. <laughs> there you go.
0: That's uh, right. You, uh, you know, you, at least you haven't declared yourself God. You're not quite oh my drunk God. with power
1: yet. Um, I'm... I, <laughs> I'm not Mreg Giller, you know, <laughs> Yeah, no, not, at all. not, not at all. he who he who should, shall not be named officially on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm just saying relevant. I've I've had him mentioned on the podcast before. OK, and it led to Gino Viteri getting called out in like a pseudo wrestling match on Twitter. Oh, so I uh, okay. don't well, don't mention his name frivolously yes yes we'll, we'll, we'll try to you
0: know save it for a special occasion or something I there you go there you yeah. go <laughs> uh well this has suddenly become a video game podcast instead of a horror podcast so i guess i should probably uh you know bring up the if, thing that we're here to talk about uh tonight's topic 2002's dog soldiers written and directed by neil marshall his first feature length film uh phil phil what's your history with this movie
1: all right, so I my history with this movie is, is interesting. I didn't see it until later. I think I was probably like 2006, 2007, so about five years after it came out. Um, big horror fan my entire life, and I love werewolf movies, even though like, I get a little bit tired of the, the Native American tropes that follow werewolf movies around. Um, yeah, that gets a little old. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. like, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of like burial grounds. Like can we stop? Thankfully yeah. I, I I can't think of a movie that's done it recently, but the whole Indian burial ground thing can go away. I would I would appreciate that. Yeah, um, it, it had
0: its time and it became a horrible horrible
1: stupid trope. Yeah. That we can do that. Thanks for all my indigenous peoples, please. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um we anyway, uh. So I was recommended it by a friend, a uh, friend that I trusted. He used to work at like you know. Did you ever have that guy that worked at the video rental store growing up? And I, most people probably don't even know what a video rental store is now, but uh, you know, you go sentence. and he, and he would. Just, yeah exactly <laughs> but he would always like know you know exactly what movie to recommend and it was always totally awesome whatever he recommended to you like he's the one who recommended Donnie Darko to me uh nice. Dog Soldiers and a ton of stuff uh did you ever have a, a guy like that or a, a uh, woman there like that? A lady who
0: ran the uh video store that we always went to uh back home growing up and would have been like Probably mid to late '80s when that one became our store, and there was uh, this uh, lady that worked there that was like always super nice and super, you know, uh, accommodating and everything. And uh, I don't remember a lot of recommendations. What I remember from my, you know, childhood video store experience was just constantly staring at the box art on or.
1: Oh my god! And absolutely. And the,
0: and really the only time we ever rented something like that was if there was going to be like a sleepover or something, because that was always the thing you would get scary movies for that because you'd spend all night staying up late, scaring the shit out of each other. And that's what you did. Um, but, uh, yeah, VHS box art for, uh, for horror films, especially, you know, eighties and early nineties stuff. Phenomenal.
1: Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, I I walked in, um, you know, I was telling him that I really loved The Descent, The Descent, one of my favorite movies. Uh, And he was like, oh, have you ever seen Dog Soldiers? And I was like, no, what's that? And he's like, well, it's the same guy, same director. Uh, It's even got, you know, some of the same cast are not, you know, like in the way that you would think. (laughs) Uh, The more the the monsters, you know, Um, and uh, you should check it out. It's totally cool. And I was like, OK, I like werewolf movies, so let's let's jump in. And yeah, here we are on a podcast about it because yeah. it's it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, one of my favorite werewolf movies, uh, because as as good as the, you know, where American werewolf in London or, um, you know, the howling and, and all that stuff is great. Uh, there's just something so great about this movie. It's it's just a really fun blood-soaked action-packed movie
0: oh yeah i I just described this as uh aliens with werewolves to somebody uh the other
1: day you know what i was thinking about saying it but i didn't want to be that audacious (laughs) (laughs) no
0: it's very much aliens and evil dead mashed up with werewolves
1: in all the best ways Um, absolutely yeah you've got the the homegrown campiness of something like evil dead mm -hmm. but yeah you've got the the multiple military men action side of it like you do in aliens for sure yep yep and uh and even lines that seem ripped right
0: from those films too so
1: oh Um, man i I don't, I've never watched an interview with Neil about this movie, but I have to imagine he mentions aliens at least once, right?
0: Yeah. You got to figure he's, he's a fan. Um, like yeah. many of us are, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's a very similar story with this film. I had seen the descent, thought the world of it, uh, probably IMDB. This guy said dog soldiers, what the hell is that? And uh, I would have seen descent using at the time, blockbuster's version of Netflix where you know they would mail you DVDs and, um and so that would have been instant okay look up on the blockbuster website okay add that to the queue and play and holy shit this movie is so much fun it's <laughs> like you said it's very much uh that a homegrown uh evil dead vibe like uh we are going to get some friends together and we're going to make ourselves a movie right yeah and and in some ways it definitely looks that way it's um neil marshall has definitely grown as a filmmaker for sure but um i mean
1: but i don't even think he had i'd, I'd love to know how many digital effects were in the movie because i don't think there were any and if yeah. there were they were they were very basic Yeah,
0: the like really cheesy compositing of clouds going over the moon or something like that, or something, yeah, yeah, and that's about it, yeah. Because everything looks practical as hell, and that's great. It's that's that's what makes a movie hold up well over time. I mean, shit, the the Star Wars prequels definitely get shit on a lot for how they,
1: oh my god, not look good, especially if
0: you watch them in four K now.
1: I, I literally was watching uh, the Revenge of the Sith like two mm. or three nights ago. And, uh, you know, with Obi-Wan coming out, I just wanted I haven't revisited those movies for years, if not decades at this point. And I wanted to go back and watch them. And I was watching it, minding my own business. My wife walks in and she's like, wow. The digital effects in this really don't hold up, do they? <laughs> Not <laughs> one bit. Um, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, some of it looks good still, but yeah. It, it's, it's just going to look like early 2000s forever. Whereas I, Dog Soldiers could be from the 70s. It could be from the 80s, 90s, whatever. But
1: yeah, seriously. I mean, I would absolutely peg it for like a mid nineties film. If it wasn't for the uh, the fact that it was made in (laughs) uh, Shout out to your Spawn Wave mug, but not Spawn Wave uh, Spawn on me mug. That's great. Yeah. I just I just want to say friend friend of mine, Khalif Adams, really great guy. Yeah, Um, love Khalif.
0: He's uh, a hell of a dude.
1: I was going to say friend of the show, but I was like, this isn't my show.
0: (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Maybe someday he'll be friend of the show. Uh, there are definitely uh, some uh, mutual people
1: that we know. So, <laughs> I just, yeah, no, absolutely. I just want to say uh, real quick, I, I was looking at the on Google for like digital effects stuff on the film, and I just found out it's got a 4K Ultra HD release that just came out uh, on the 14th of this month, or of last month. Huh. So All right. if you're, well, if you're into that- it, Scream
0: Factory or whatever the, um, the, uh, the one company is that puts out these really cool box art covers on their releases, but oftentimes really shitty image quality. That's, that's the Blu-ray that I have of Dog Soldiers right up there. Uh, nice. And it does not look good um it's you know it's a film that's pretty grainy as it is and yeah you know just is not
1: i would love to see what a 4k because you have to imagine they've done some like upscaling stuff to it maybe yeah better i don't know
0: i don't know there's Um... there's god i can't remember who i was talking to about this but uh uh the last david lynch feature uh inland empire uh, there's a minor bit of controversy about uh, this, like, up version where they're using AI to take this uh, movie that was shot on a handheld uh, digital video camera uh, back in, I don't know if it was 2005, 2006, it was somewhere in that time period. Yeah, where there was this big boom of people making movies. Uh, in yeah, I remember. And, um, I remember 28 uh, days later, and, you know, all these yeah, were shot
1: the, digital. What, like. the one that, what was the one with Tom Cruise? It had, um, he was playing like a, a hitman and he was oh, being collateral. driven around collateral. That movie was, was huge because it was all shot on digital. Mm-hmm. Um, like but a, a lot of
0: these films have a very, very specific look of, you know, just, it looks like a shot on a handheld digital video camera right right (laughs) and um that was like they're they're using and it's being overseen by david lynch this um this redo of this film that you know they're using ai to go in and pretty everything up and upscale it and everything and you know the conversation is ultimately well at what point does somebody really get to do this because it's fundamentally changing what the film is and yeah. i'm like well see george lucas but yeah <laughs> you know, um but I, yeah i i get the the concern for you know ultimately changing it i guess if it gets a criterion release and that's probably what will happen because it's uh what is it janice films that's doing this uh this uh remastering or whatever you want to call it Uh, My hope is that both versions are the disc or it's a couple of discs or something like that, because I would love for it to keep its original look much like this film dog soldiers, you know, it's got a very specific look and you hate to see it changed too much.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people that like, loves to watch these weird new takes i just hope they don't replace the old ones like star yeah, wars that's is, exactly is a great right. example of a a thing that released into the world and is now the only way that you can watch it you know going it, like i don't even think you can find without having the original vhs tapes the yeah. og cuts of, of the original trilogy at this point
0: yeah I, i'm sure so, somewhere my parents have um Probably the, uh, the the THX box set. Uh, yeah, God, I love the box art those. It, it was all stylized <laughs> for each movie, but um, absolutely I, somewhere um, somewhere there is that set, and that's probably like the last version before there was any digital fuckery. And you know, some of the stuff that they did in those you know special editions was was cool. Uh, some of the things that were done in the you know twenty five years or so since was very cool like finally coloring vader's lightsaber so it wasn't white in a new hope um <laughs> or is still but, white
1: to those of us who are colorblind yeah well there's that
0: <laughs> um, but uh, ultimate that's right go fuck yourself no um but, but you know it, yeah it's just the han shooting first versus Greedo, right. then both of them at the same time it's just nah no, just let me go back and see it it, and yeah, there's probably very few copies out there that you can scrounge. Yeah, maybe maybe there's stuff somewhere on YouTube or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, oh, I'm sure someone shame.
1: has it archived, like the differences of each version somewhere on YouTube. Yeah. But, uh, so um, real quick, I I I looked up digital effects, and <laughs> a I found out that this movie was in production since 1995. That was where the original talks and ideas started to come up about the movie. Uh, The writing took place in 96. So there was like a a seven year process of getting this movie made, which could also attribute to why it looks like a 90s movie. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I did. I did want to throw out that uh animatronic and digital visual effects were by image fx was the company that did it so there are digital (laughs) effects in the movie um i didn't really know
0: very few though
1: yeah i didn't really notice anything on my rewatch mind you that was a few months ago because we were supposed to do this episode a while ago well life uh uh,
0: life finds a way um (laughs) but uh yeah yeah i i didn't notice much that would I mean, maybe some of the explosions were punched up a little bit. Um, sure. Could always see that happening. Sometimes they'll do a little bit of digital work with like, um, uh, muzzle flash on firearms. Yeah. There could have
1: been, there could have been some like composite cover up work too,
0: uh-huh. like to
1: hide some stuff. Um, speaking of, of remastering movies, I guess Sam Raimi and either evil dead or evil dead two in one of the newer special editions, uh erased one of the goofs in one of the movie, or one of the scenes you could oh, see crap. one of the cameramen reflected in the glass
0: oh yeah, I, yeah yeah
1: and i guess in a new version of that movie he took it out like he removed hmm. it so it's no longer there anymore so sam raimi out there changing his films
0: i guess yeah i feel like they did that with alien i think there's a scene towards the end where there's supposed to be a camera person that's like kind of like crammed behind uh, like a closet door in one of the hallways near uh, the self-destruct thing where mm-hmm. when all hell's breaking loose with all the uh, you know, the steam and everything and all the lights are flashing, I guess it kind of, I feel like maybe this is a Mandela effect thing and I'm just misremembering mis- the film. But I feel like there's this closet door that kind of opens up and you see just the little hint of the cameraman who's behind it. But in recent watches of that film i haven't been able to pick it up again so either it was cut out for yet another like release or whatever or it was never there to begin with
1: hmm. Okay. Hmm. that's interesting i'll have to go back and look i, I watch that film literally once a year okay. uh uh so yeah i i recently had a poll on the internet that was uh asking which film you preferred more alien or aliens uh, because yeah. let's let's be honest. There's no there's no better between those two. They're two very different movies, and I hate yes. I hate trying to say which one is a better film because they serve two very different audiences. You can like both films, but oh, yeah. I guarantee you have a preference. <laughs> so yeah, which one, you like more?
0: one is a like a haunted house film in space, and the other one is you know the one of the most intense action films you will ever see. Yeah. Um, and you know, fairly horror adjacent still, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, they are very different types of movies. Um, and then there's alien three, which always has a warm and fuzzy spot. Hey,
1: (laughs) I was, I was very happy that somebody backed me up on aliens three. Yeah. uh, Oh, I made
0: my dad take me to that movie. I was in junior high and I'm sure he was bored to tears because he had no idea what the hell was going on, but, oh yeah oh yeah i made it
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: uh, so i gotta say jumping into the film um yeah i just, we should I, probably I f- do that i mean we yeah, at some point here uh but uh yeah, i kind of figured the conversation would play out this way that's all right that's all right that's what people come to these things for right um i had forgotten how much i love
1: werewolf shit i fucking love werewolf shit <laughs> There's not enough good werewolf shit. Yeah. Uh, there's not. Yeah, I, uh, it's I I recently was just trying to find something and I found David Hader's uh Wolves, is it Wolves? Hmm. Uh which is like a a werewolf movie with Jason Momoa and it's that not fits. it's um it's not great. It's not a great movie. <laughs> I was expecting more, you know. I I actually really enjoy what David Hater does. Um you know, he was X-Men, X Men two, uh, he wrote a bunch of movies. And uh this was something I was I was hoping was gonna be good, but I'd never heard of it. I knew he was working on it back in the day, but I, I forgot <laughs> about it and never watched it because I never heard about it after uh he said he was working on it. So I finally decided to watch it. I think it's from 2014. I think I said that. Okay. Um but I finally sat down and watched it. Not a good movie. But oh, it's still it's still fun you know in the sense of yeah. of we need more werewolf stuff out there i think hey, the most we got werewolves
0: moment, within come on now yeah
1: that's it's literally what i was just about to say is i think the most recent movie is werewolf within werewolves within which is a, a really fun movie even if it is a little predictable yeah, um of course but, but
0: uh, uh, uh yeah, very yeah bless bless josh rubin uh yeah the man the man's a saint um and can't wait to see what he does next i think he's Got some film that he uh acted in recently, but I don't know that he had any part in writing it or anything but uh it's supposed to be about him as like a serial killer and him taking his most recent victim on some road trip or something and there's <laughs> something right. more involved with it. I don't know um, this sounds great I'm in let's go yeah yeah I, I'm probably totally butchering what that plot's about, but I'll watch it sounds perfect. Um, yeah uh so the movie kind of starts out with this couple that are obviously out camping and whatnot and wow they like any early... supernatural
1: episode oh
0: you got to... <laughs> yeah yeah and, and um they look early 2000s as fuck um and they're you know just kind of hanging out and i guess he got some new kind of job and uh she gives him this silver letter opener as you know just a gift and it's like okay very on the nose this is a werewolf film yes we have this silver letter opener great and you know we cut to them uh you know getting their smoochy smoochy on inside the tent and you know this couple is not just not meant to be uh or maybe they're meant to be dinner i don't know but uh (laughs) you think um they're attacked and she's dragged out and. You think maybe he's gonna get a couple stabs in. No, no, not at all. Um and he's toast. And I love how in the introduction of this scene, we get the little, you know, thing that flashes in the lower corner that says Scotland. And it's the old school, like John McTiernan Hunt for Red October style of the computer sound of it being typed out as it's forming on the screen. And then after this kill, we cut to two hours early. And the same type of thing, and I don't know about for you, but being a James Bond fan, this opening uh, kind of training exercise thing makes me think so much of the opening of From Russia with Love.
1: Oh, where, actually, that, yeah, no, absolutely, go ahead.
0: Yeah, where they've got the the fake James Bond uh going through this hedge maze or whatever and you know people are out to get him and he's sneaking around and all this shit and it's just immediately we came to mind when we have cooper uh evading capture uh right. and just fucking these guys up with the flashlight yeah um, <laughs> I, I like it it's and you get the cheesy throw the flashlight in the air hit the guy catch the flashlight hit the guy with the flashlight again thing um yeah, yeah. you is. can
1: definitely tell it's it's post to the Matrix in the way that they yeah. want to stylize the action up, you know, more than uh, what we probably would have seen prior to the Matrix. I feel like every movie after the Matrix tried to, like, step up its action game quite a bit, not necessarily doing slow-mo and stuff like that, but making the action look different, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're they're definitely shooting for. Uh, OK, he's a badass kind of vibe. Yeah. And uh this dude I can't think of the actor's name but apparently he went on to star in like over
1: 300 episodes of Grey's
0: Anatomy. So, <laughs> you know, at least he's working. Uh that's
1: good. Yeah, it's uh Kevin McKid is the guy's name right. for Cooper. Yep. And uh well, Cooper's finally
0: name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then he's finally captured of course and it's Liam Cunningham uh and well, you know, congratulations. Now let's let's finish the dot, finish the job, right? Uh you gotta take out the thing that was tracking you, and he's trying to force him to shoot the dog. Yeah, just
2: uh, don't shoot the dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but of course, there's the stand-up dude, right? So, right, and you know, it's it's in my mind, it's more heavy-handed symbolism, um, and you know, into the idea of what we're going for here. Because you'll find out later on that there's a very significant character who turns out to be a werewolf um, that I'm not going to say mirrors it, but kind of, you know, they build a rapport and he has to uh, do some stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has to. Yeah, um, but I, so... think, I
1: feel like that's what they were going for was was, you know, that scene is is kind of foreshadowing of what's gonna happen in the future. Yeah,
0: eventually he's gonna to have to do the thing that he, you know,
1: wants to do at least. what's supposed to do. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um and I I love the Onion Knight, but come on, dude, you shot the dog. Uh that just makes me hate your character so damn much. And of course that's oh, heavy handed and yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Uh so then we cut to four weeks later, which is kind of perfect because uh, you know, it's moon and all that shit because it's a werewolf movie right and we're back in scotland and uh we've got the helicopter coming down to drop off this uh little squad on this training exercise and you know we get some uh cool witty soldier banter and it's Sean this is where Perdue. you really
1: this is where you really start to get the alien vibe
0: oh yeah yeah because it's them fucking around on the sulaco getting their gear together and uh busting each other's chops and all that shit Uh, i should say
1: i I said alien but i I meant aliens to clarify
0: fair (laughs) enough yeah i mean there's a little bit of fucking around and busting each other's chops in that one too but uh yeah not not as much as aliens for sure yeah not Um, not the same different (laughs) no not at all um so we get sean pertwee as uh wells uh the leader of this little squad and yeah, you know, he's kind of great and everything and he's the son of a doctor so you know you you can't uh hold a whole lot against this dude um so they you know get their shit in a pile and uh there's the moment where he gives his watch
1: to i think it's it's spoon right um uh who, who forgot God. his watch yes i believe so i'm unfortunately all these characters besides like the two two or three main people get confused uh, yes. so, oh, but seriously. Think-
0: spoon's the only one that i remember just because he's got a lot more personality than the others and uh you know his death is a little bit more significant future that's true Um, (laughs) but uh yeah he gives him his watch because uh you know spoon was an idiot and he forgot his back at the barracks uh because they're all you know synchronizing their watches you know like you do um and so they they get their shit in a pile and uh they head off into the woods on their exercise so you know they eventually they're around their campfire at night and they they have this great like sinking of the uss indianapolis scene from jaws type of situation where they're just going around the group and talking about what scares them and yeah. uh well here's where you get the uh the, the wonderful fucked up story from wells because it's always got to be the guy who's you know the ultimate badass in the group has the you know, over the top sobering story uh, about his mate who went and got a tattoo right before he died. And it was a horrible explosion. And the only piece of him that was really recognizable in any really significant way was the piece of flesh with the fucking tattoo.
1: Because of um, course
0: it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it, if nothing else, it's just a great, cool story to tell around. a campfire and yeah, no, scare the shit out of your, uh, your people there. Uh, And then we get some incoming, incoming cow uh, that just drops like a ton of bricks in front of their fire. Um, It's fucking gross, and I love it.
1: (laughs) It's uh, so another thing that this kind of beginning sequence reminds me of is Predator. Yes. And uh, this scene in particular reminds me of like the boar um, dropping down into the camp Mm -hmm. in Predator. Not obviously very different like uh, in context because the cow is dead um but that's just kind of what it reminds me of is the the boar suddenly coming up in the camp and then yeah especially after
0: they have this conversation about what scares you
1: right they're all trying to be big tough guys and
0: everything (laughs) and then this thing drops down and it may have been spoony but maybe it was somebody else's like i think i just shit myself and (laughs)
1: Yeah. That sounds no. like a very spoony line.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and a, a few of them fire off a few rounds and somebody makes a comment. We've got blanks. You idiot. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a uh, very, very clear. Something is out there and something is watching them. Uh, so they decide to, you know, kind of get their shit in a pile. Right. And here's where we get the, that, weird composite shot of clouds over the moon that i was bringing up earlier and it reminds me of evil dead so much all those different shots so of clouds you yeah know, covering the moon uh and it, it looks both simultaneously awful and awesome at the same time um <laughs> just because it's very very old school horror film and
1: yeah, yeah. And, and that and could that be. could have been the digital effect of this movie
0: <laughs> yeah it, it could be uh, it, it, we'll, we'll never know. We'll just, we'll never know. There's probably no way we can ever find out. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, from here, we get one of those first, uh, scenes of, you know, there is something watching them and it's all super grainy and black and white to indicate that it is not human. And yeah, it's, it's good.
1: It works. Um, AKA a very high ISO black and white film. <laughs> um i now this this we were talking about digital i don't believe this was shot on digital i believe this nah. this movie was shot on film um but i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it would make sense if uh they're able to turn up the iso really easily that it was digital so it wouldn't surprise me i wonder if there's a thing about that anyway um i used to i used to be a, a camera person like i used to work in a camera shop and used to teach camera classes and stuff so uh the whole switch over from film to digital was really interesting for me
0: i'm sure and then a bit of backlash and going back the other way for a minute and yeah. <laughs> that yeah um let's see here uh, i think this is where we also get a little bit of uh okay ryan is out there and he is watching them as well Um. And I think we get an off screen kill here of one of Ryan's men. Uh, I think maybe this is when his group uh, of special forces dudes is attacked. Um, But the kill happens off screen and that's always fun in a movie like this because it just helps build a little bit more tension of the unseen horror. Right.
1: Right. Um,
0: And I, I, I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, which movies don't do enough anymore. Um, like yeah. we were just talking about werewolves within, which I think does a great job of doing it. Um, but I watched uh the movie that's just be- the guy that did uh Mor-, Mor-, Mor Morbius um did a movie I think called Life prior to Morbius. Okay, and it's a movie that yeah, takes place it. in space. <clears> it's got a lot of <throat> alien vibes, but man, they show you that that monster like right off the bat. I kind of wish they would have would have held off on showing that monster a little yeah i still
0: have yet to see life it's on a short list of things i need to watch this month but uh um i think uh nightlife nightlight is covering it actually but uh um yeah uh i don't know why i've never seen that film definitely seems right up my alley but uh
1: it was fun it was really good the digital effects were fantastic um and uh i thought it was a really unique idea i just it was one of those things where i just kind of wish they would have played a little bit more with uh with that aspect of the the unknown
0: Yep, yep uh being a fan of the cosmic horror genre uh, all about that unknown unknown unseen type stuff
1: yeah it um, makes me wonder if if alien had come out today would we have seen way more of the alien?
0: Yeah, I think the same could be said about Jaws. They would have fixed the fucking robot shark and you (laughs) would have seen it a hell of a lot more and the film just wouldn't have worked.
1: No, Jaws is an interesting calamity of misfortune that ended up becoming, you know, the whole reason the film worked. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There were so many things about that movie that were supposed to happen a different way
0: yeah and i think it's such a wonderful happy accident slash um educational opportunity for a young filmmaker um you know because i mean spielberg has definitely grown over what 40 50 no 50 almost 60 years of a career um where (laughs) i mean the the guy's eh, he's pretty much a fucking film like master (laughs) it's um but uh yeah can you imagine if everything had just worked right and you see the shark in every single shot and it just doesn't have any of that tension and it would have been just kind of a middling okay
1: thriller at that point yeah no absolutely and you know honestly we've seen we've seen those movies i mean they exist now like 47 yeah. meters down or whatever the one with uh um the woman who's like under the sea or like she she's underwater mm-hmm. and they get trapped and they're trying to survive like that movie has great tension uh in the sense of they're underwater and you don't know if they're going to survive but as far as the shark stuff is concerned like they show you a lot of that stuff way too early, way too much for yeah, a like it to be as startling as it could be.
0: Yeah. What I like about uh, another fairly recent shark film, uh, the shallows is that it's more mm. about, um, you know, the girl on the rock with the seagull than it really is about the shark in the water coming right. after her all the time.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what makes those types of movies work is mm-hmm. that's not the focus, but something like jaws that really is the focus. Jaws is the thing that is carrying this movie, so if you just throw him out there, it just takes all that suspense and intrigue away. Yep. Well,
0: hopefully people are learning their lesson. Obviously <laughs> they're not, because we're getting you know, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, I think this is where our squad comes across um, the remains of Ryan's yeah. squad um there's the line about you know natural causes my ass and somebody holds up what looks like a steak um you know just yeah. of from the viscera but uh and then
1: probably is an actual steak though
0: it probably is that was covered in just a little bit of extra goop and uh we're just gonna say this is you know some human remains sure why not uh and then we get one of my favorite tropes in horror films uh somebody just popping up out of the woodwork just out of you know what seems like nowhere and also in a way that um really has no logic to it as far as um just the overall space that they're in and where the other characters are and what they can see it's like you had to have known that he was there you had mm-hmm. to have seen him uh, but no he just pops up and scares the shit out of them yeah. And... I mean,
1: that's like every single time you're watching a movie or even playing a video game where like an entire room has been cleared and then all of a sudden the character turns around and then gets smacked in the face with something. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep, I, I got to say, I love it. I think the best use of that I've ever seen is in The Last of Us Part 2 when you go into the house and there's I, this is minor spoilers for The Last of Us. So I apologize. Uh, you go to the house for a couple of years. Come on. Right, right. And you go to use the workbench. And if you're, yes. if you're careful enough, if you're careful enough, you can actually hear them. And it's like the most gratifying thing in the world, because you're not just suddenly hit with it. You know, you hear them, you hear them talking, you hear them running. So you have time to get out of the menu and, and do the, do what you need to do to survive. And it's so gratifying in that way when we've seen so much media that's just like, oh, all of a sudden you're just knocked out. Uh, but what's really funny, side note, if you have mines and or things to trap the area, you can actually kill them just by trapping and keep working. You don't that's even need... funny. yeah it's not it's not like they spawn in inside the room like they literally have to come through the doorway so if you if you trap the room they they die just like anybody else and you can just continue working
0: (laughs) oh that's good if if i ever get the um get to a place emotionally where i can play that game again then yeah um because it's a lot a lot (laughs) you think the first one's gonna take it out of you oh no just wait till you play that second one um but uh yeah i'll find myself probably trapping whenever i can around workbench areas because i can't remember which one that is i just remember (laughs) that it does happen but uh i'll end up doing that over and over just to see if i can make it happen that's cool (laughs) that's i god i love that that sequence is designed in such a way that like you said they don't just spawn they actually come from somewhere in the house that's fucking amazing ah first time i've ever heard of that i love it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah liam cunningham ryan he uh he pops up and he's wounded and he's just raving uh he keeps repeating there's only supposed to be one of them and uh, you know they're trying to patch him up, and they're trying to get on the radio, but the radio's broken, and you know all the all the things, right? Um, and I, somewhere you hear somebody talk about how this training exercise is the Kobayashi Maru. I'm like, they they they, they fucking said it. Okay, great. <laughs> I
1: actually don't remember that. Yeah.
0: It's the first time I've ever noticed it and I've, you know, seen the film. Oh, that's
1: really cool. I'm not sure. Has a movie ever referenced that outside of Star Trek like, itself? I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, interesting trivia. Oh,
2: uh,
0: you know what? I think.
1: I feel like it's,
0: there's like at least a comedy that does. Oh, sure. But, um, I'm,
1: there's definitely, I, I feel like there's definitely things that reference but, uh, there's it. There's like, like in a very conversation. specific. Way yeah um yeah like i mean anything like i'm sure it's been on big bang theory and or something like that in conversation but i just it's it'd be interesting to know if there's something that references it not in the in like a normal conversative way like where it's this is oh my god this is just like you know Mm -hmm. but that's that's pretty cool that's a great little detail Good catch. Yeah, I
0: God, I love when rewatching stuff and you um are able to find something new like that. And that's been part of the fun of uh you know, doing a podcast about movies is just, you know, you have to kind of do a little bit of note taking. You got to do a little bit more careful paying attention and you do start to draw things out just a little bit more than you typically do. Um mostly because it's very difficult to fuck around with your cell phone while watching a film that you actually need to be paying attention to. <laughs> so that's good for paying attention, right? Um, Absolutely. um so yeah, uh somebody tells him to shut up like a good gentleman or something <laughs> like that. And okay, they I think we get some howling at this point, and it's like, okay, it's time to get the fuck out, right? And of course, Sergeant Wells is you know dope as man of action. Um and yeah, they're 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 getting hunted at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I have a note here that just says, oh, dude, you're fucked with fucked in all <laughs> caps. And I think, OK, it might be uh, the guy who got separated and he's just running a lawn on his end. And uh, my follow up note says as much inspiration as this film gets from Evil Dead, it wouldn't be complete without someone getting fucked by a tree. And then I cut to fozzybear.gif <laughs> and break up my numbered list with that gif. And then a note that says I deliberately broke up my numbered list to insert a gif of Fozzy Bear here. Uh, so yeah, sucks to be you, bro. Also, does this part happen in a Christmas tree farm? Because that's what it feels like. Yeah, this absolutely. Dude just runs right into that branch and then kind of looks up and gets torn apart. It's um,
1: it's, it's a very um, Tucker versus uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil moment. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for, for <laughs> anyone that has not seen that movie, but uh, th- that, that movie has a lot of those moments that are just absolutely perfect for the course of what that movie is. But uh to see it in yeah, a movie like the where, person that
0: trips into um and yeah
1: uh-huh and yep, yep. exactly <laughs> uh but to uh to see it in a movie that isn't that's not necessarily taking itself seriously but isn't necessarily funny is just kinda, right kind of great yeah there are
0: funny <laughs> moments but this is definitely not comedy horror um uh, so I, I think Wells comes charging in, looking for him. And this is where, uh, you know, he takes a hit from one of the wolves and uh, Cooper finds him, helps fight him back.
1: And well, Wells has all of his intestines out in front of him. I was about to say, it's, it's amazing how fast all this happens. Like, yeah, we, uh, you know, we went from for, well, from zero to 100 so quick and it just keeps going for the for almost the remainder of the movie. It's uh, it's quite crazy. Yeah, how much um, they do with so little
0: yep yep this movie just barrels right along to um again great inspiration from aliens once that film gets going it does not stop is very little room to breathe uh Germany yeah too, so well. wells uh, wells
1: is holding his intestines
0: yes and there's this wonderful conversation this back and forth between cooper and wells who have very different opinions about those intestines as far as, you know, we'll just put them back in here. It's, it's okay. We, we can shove them back in. It'll be all right. And they somehow managed to do so. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, the remaining people of the squad, uh, you know, kind of stumbled down this hill towards a road and they see, um, you know, a vehicle coming, and they, uh, they, they flag it down. And I, I find it interesting that she yells out to them to get in um and of course we find out other reasons later why uh you know she seems to know more about what's going on but uh yes they get saved by deus ex jeep um (laughs) and uh, that's okay that's okay it's you know we're just continuing to propel this thing along here and they, they like you said they do a very good job of it um they um i think they do get attacked once while they're in the vehicle and um you know the 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 creature rolls off or something like that um and they keep it moving they they make it to this farmhouse i would and... i would like to
1: point out that up to this point we still haven't really seen what it is
0: no no just uh maybe a little bit of claws like and, flashes you know. of, of yeah mm-hmm.
1: things from off screen yeah, we,
0: we we don't even know that we're about to get full body shots of these werewolves at right. some point. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, they've they've kept it, you know, the the, the old school way of building that tension by you know keeping everything sort of in the shadows and all that. And that's great. Um, so they get to the farmhouse and they they get to meet the cutest dog ever, who you know probably just love sausages or something because well <clears throat> some stuff's about to happen um and and uh, they they have this whole little you know thing about hey you know don't eat any of this food this isn't my house and hey we're soldiers we, we see this stuff in front of us we don't know where our next meal is coming from we're just we're, this is what we do um and they're about to go out and get back in the vehicle and take off but uh well that land rover or whatever it is is fucked um and the best part is you don't hear
1: any of it happen no nope. it's torn to no, pieces it's, it's like a helicopter in a movie where like normally you can hear a helicopter from like you know a mile away right yeah but in movies it's just all of a sudden the helicopter is there and you hear the propeller the propellers is it like mm-hmm. let's even say there's a cliff right <laughs> and the the helicopter crests over the cliff's edge and that's when you start hearing the helicopter
0: (laughs) right right yeah um so uh yeah the vehicle's trashed
1: and uh, which is honestly is really smart because like not not having to show that is Mm -hmm. very good because then you just have this set piece of of something that leaves it all up to the imagination like how did they do this what happened right right Um, instead of Instead of having it happen in the moment.
0: Yep. and uh, I think it's uh, Cooper and Spoon that are outside, and you know they they see what's happened, and um, they they notice, oh crap, they're in the tree line, and you know they hurriedly try to get back inside, and shit just falls apart at this point,
1: which um, is kind of funny because she just told them not to eat anything and all that stuff because it's not her house but this house is about to get fucked.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um so they're trying to barricade the door and Wells's intestines are falling out again and the dog is like that looks good. Uh <laughs> so he starts tugging at them uh which uh is yeah that's that's the scene that happens. That's um, that's a scene yep and you've got you know the claws reaching in from around the door and uh all that and they, they finally managed to, to fight them off and you get the great you know gunfire through the mail slot thing and all that yep. uh which is just a ton of fun and they would all be just deaf as opposed yeah uh, from all this gunfire from inside the house but whatever
1: um movies don't care about realistic no. guns at all no. Shooting in cars, shooting in house, yeah, like they don't care. (laughs) Not at
0: all. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, Spoon. After all of this, is like, I could do with a kebab. Um, he gets some good lines. I think that's why I remember his name. Uh, (laughs) out of all of these guys, um, so, (laughs) um, and also we're at this point where it's like none of them can just fucking say werewolf can they right you know it's like that that would be silly right
1: it's just like the trope in zombie movies like when they refuse to call them zombies
0: (laughs) yeah yeah don't say it what the said word right
1: yeah exactly Shaun of the
0: dead yeah (laughs) yes yes um so this is um yeah Uh, again wells miraculously
1: still alive at this point after having his
0: intestines yes somehow after having his intestines tugged it's at by one this thing dog.
1: it's one thing to have a stomach wound it's another thing to have your you know be basically disemboweled
0: <laughs> yeah um, and we do get the wonderful line from aliens here short controlled bursts mm-hmm. um, and that's the little reminder before they decide to make Wells walk with his intestines just about falling up out up the stairs to a bedroom so that they can put the intestines back in again. Um, yeah, with some crazy no, glue and no uh,
1: infections are going to ravage this man's immune system.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he seems to be doing okay so far. So, yeah. I, but yeah. let's
1: be honest, there's another reason why he's doing okay so far. Yes, yes, <laughs>
0: uh, because of course he's uh yeah, you know, he's been attacked by this werewolf, so of course he must become one. <laughs> um, and their patch job of his gut is graphic,
2: well, very graphic.
0: Um, oh yeah, it's bloody as fuck. Um, and yeah, we we basically have a conversation about how werewolves are real, yo. Um, <laughs> and of course, we get plenty of hints that Ryan Liam Cunningham is. Turning as well because he was in horrible shape when they found him. Right. Now he's doing quite a bit better here. Um seems to have a lot of his fighting spirit back, and he doesn't seem to be so terrified any longer. Um and let's see here. I think this is where Cooper finds the photo on the uh, the mantle and he takes a look and puts it back and I, I'm not entirely certain what we're supposed to gather from him looking at this. Uh, maybe just the count of the number of people versus the number of werewolves that they're encountering because that does come back later. Right. Conversation about the photo. But um, let's see here. I, I I think this is where... Um, now Had they blown uh, her vehicle up already? I think that happened while shit was all going out of control didn't they like uh punch a hole in their gas tank and uh he throws a flare at it or shoots it or something and we get the whole my car thing but even um, though though
1: the car is basically done already right Um, and i don't
0: think she necessarily knew that because she hadn't gone outside right Um,
1: but yes i do believe that that happens either in the next part or in that whole madness part
0: yeah because um you know again contact and they start firing and you know, you got, um, you know, the mail slot again, but this time claws trying to come through and somebody's right. got a hammer and they're smacking at him. And that's always great. Um, and somebody tells one of the werewolves to fuck off. Um, which is always fun. Uh, yeah. Cause why not tell the giant monster that, uh, you know, this horrible killing machine that you have no hope of fighting back against <laughs> to fuck off. I I love it. It it just, it builds more of the whole, okay, these guys are, you know, ultimate badasses. This is aliens. Uh, Sure. It's great. I love it. Uh, Very private Hudson. Um, But uh, we get a little hint that Ryan has been here before, uh, somewhere around here, which, again, just love that, you know, there's plenty of intrigue where I, I think, know how i want to say this maybe where they're playing more into him being somebody who is either turning or is somehow involved with these werewolves or something like that uh and i think doing a pretty solid job through a lot of this film of kind of drawing your attention away from megan uh their savior with the fucked up car um
1: (laughs) yeah so (laughs) my my interpretation of what's going on with Ryan is that that aliens thing of of they're trying to capture a special, a specimen. There was only supposed to be one Mm -hmm. of them. So that's what his team was doing there. And they come to find out that he, you know, he, there wasn't just one of them. There's like a whole family of them. So they came into a trap essentially uh, Mm -hmm. and got, got messed up. So I think, I think, yeah, they have been out there before and, and have scouted and they kind of knew what they were getting into, but they uh, didn't realize it was so thick. They th- thought it was just going to be one, one, one thing to capture, and it ends up being a lot lot more.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and I also love how uh, Wells, his squad, was essentially supposed to be the bait for this capture, uh, but then the tables were turned, and that's just fun because he doesn't like it when uh, the asshole is the one who gets fucked. <laughs> um so all right there's another car that's uh in the garage and okay so i guess we're gonna hotwire it um and yeah there's you know one of those move your fucking ass soldier lines and all that and cutting back and forth to them trying to hotwire the car and you know
1: one thing we didn't talk about is the fact mm. that that this movie does take place in scotland and yes. They all have very thick accents. Uh, I feel like I feel like for those listeners that may have thought this was like American troops in just training in Scotland, that is not the case. These these guys are speaking in the thickest accents you've ever heard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go the uh, Mad Max route of uh, dubbing it because they felt like uh, audiences just wouldn't be able to understand Not that I think this got a super wide release in the U.S. or anything, but, (laughs) um, you know, um, yeah, I I just remember that I think it was an undergrad. It was the coolest thing ever that they put out a DVD of Mad Max with the original Australian language track, um, which does not sound horribly different from the dubbed version. They're very understandable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like uh, not to bring up Uncharted of all movies. But they have that joke <laughs> yeah, in yeah, that yeah. movie where he's like, I can't even understand you. And it's like, really? Mm-hmm. Eh, for the most part, I think you can playing. get the gist. I see, sounds just fine. Yeah. And maybe that's because I have a Scottish friend and we chat on PSN and I don't know. Maybe I could just understand it better, but it just felt like a, a weird joke for that movie.
0: Yeah, there's there are very few times, uh, my friend Keegan that I have to ask him to repeat himself. It's it, just listen, use your ears. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: um, it's not very so hard to he, understand what I'm saying. Okay, exactly <laughs> <laughs> what he said. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of cutting back and forth here of them trying to hotwire the car, and somebody is obviously killed because we get one of those awesome trophy moments of windshield wipers and blood yep um i i always love that shit and uh yeah we uh have them backing up through the door of the garage and crashing through and pulling up to the house and there's all this you know shit going on and we get the whole you're behind me aren't you and (laughs) uh because there is a werewolf inside the car with the soldier and he gets fucked
1: um can't and, uh, can't windshield wipe that ga- that blood, you know.
0: Nope, nope. You got to take a fire hose to the inside of that vehicle. It's very pulp fiction at a certain point. Um so now we get a bunch of exposition. Um this is a brief moment where things slow down for a little bit in this Yeah, poem. which
1: feels which feels a little weird, if I'm being honest. Feels a little yeah. weird at this point, but it's still it's still fun information, I think
0: oh yeah yep um and at a certain point somewhere in all of this there was a sword that was found in a chest which is gonna come back in multiple ways i feel Love like it.
1: that happens when they go upstairs but yeah I yeah
0: that sounds about right um and then we get uh wells getting up and moving around a little bit and he's doing pretty well for someone with, you know, with his gut super glued inside of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a moment shortly thereafter where Ryan finally starts to turn and he runs off and uh, we get Wells uh, delivering this great battlefield commander speech. And that's pretty cool. Uh, again, I, I, will watch anything with Sean Pertwee in it. Um, I think he's fucking awesome. He made such a great Alfred on Gotham and he was one of the only good parts of that show, <laughs> 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 it was not a great TV show, but, uh, yes, made an awesome, awesome
1: Alfred. Um, yeah, I think I made it through season two of that show, but yeah, he's definitely uh, a great Alfred for sure. Oh yeah.
0: Especially, uh, you know, like the comics and video games and so on where they lean a little bit more into him, you know, being a former SAS right. and, uh, you know, just being a little bit more of a badass than just a stuffy butler. Um, like it. Yeah. Um, so someone gives somebody, I think it's Megan gives uh, them the idea that they're all out in the barn. We just... We gotta, you know, fuck that up. So they devise a plan to load up the the vehicle, which you know. No questioning
1: have... it at all. By no, not at all. No. They're <laughs> just
0: Okay, sure, they're in the barn. Got sure. it.
1: Cool. You um, saw them all, every single one go into the barn and for some reason not us. Great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks,
0: lady who saved us. Maybe just because she ultimately did rescue them there in the beginning. Maybe they uh you know feel like she, uh, deserves a little bit of trust because of that. I don't know, but (laughs) they, they load the vehicle up with, um, you know, a bunch of tanks of, um, something. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be like uh, propane or what. Uh, but, uh, they, they basically drive it into the barn with a trail of gasoline behind it. And you get that great shot of uh, Cooper running back from the barn while the flames run the other direction and barn goes boom. And well, um, it's a very little effect because of course the werewolves were not in the barn.
1: No, it was literally her creative way to destroy any semblance of them being able to escape
0: yep and an excellent way to get them inside the house while everybody was distracted because we get that horrible it's that time of the month line um i mean really i mean to be absolutely fair um there is something very much aligned with werewolves and Recyples. Sure, i mean ginger uh, snaps is a great exactly that's is, is a good version right here <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> that is the, a good version of this <laughs> yes yes
0: um but yeah it's an absolutely cheap jab in this film um and yeah she gets a bullet through the brain before she's able to turn um and she's basically dead i guess so Because I guess you're not really coming back from a head wound like that, um, as opposed to uh, the other types of wounds that people are coming back from in this film. Um, I think we totally glossed over um, the point that uh, the Ryan Wolf, when he was making his escape, uh, got run through by that sword because...
1: Oh, yeah, you said it was going to come back later. But yeah, uh, and yeah. it we very
0: much does. Um, so yeah, we've got the wolves, they're they're going berserk in the house, and uh you've got um Wells and Cooper holding up in separate rooms. Cooper's in that bathroom, he's got like the can of hairspray and a lighter, and he's trying to <clears throat> you know fight him off with that. Um and Cooper is trying to dig his way into that room to help him out. And Spoon's downstairs uh, fighting the wolf. And wow, Spoon goes out like a motherfucking G. He is (laughs) he is not going to die without giving everything he absolutely has. He's he's having a fucking fist fight with a werewolf. Yep and throwing everything that he possibly can screaming at this thing. And finally it gets the better of him. And
1: which it, is kind of weird when you think about it because of how, ever, how fast everyone else gets taken out, but it's yeah. still a great scene.
0: Maybe, maybe it's more toying with him just a little bit, you know, playing with its food and all that. Uh, but you get that great line just before uh, it, it takes spoon out. I hope I give you the shits. You fucking yep. wimp. And he spits on him, which, yeah, I just I don't care for people spitting on people in movies. Yeah, the,
1: just... the spitting, the spitting is definitely unnecessary. But that line is fantastic. Oh yeah,
0: it's uh, yeah, it's good. Um, and then Wells realizing what he's up against and what's going to happen to him, uh, he makes that final sacrifice, and um. He's no more Uh, just trying to save Cooper because Cooper's like the last of them at this point. And Cooper's in the basement and he realizes, oh shit, Ryan's here. And we know it's Ryan because he's in full wolf form and that sword is still sticking out of his chest. And this is where. In the basement, we find a lot of remains and, you know, gear from hikers that have been taken out over time and all that stuff. And also the silver letter opener. Um, And Ryan uh, grabs uh, Cooper and with the sword protruding from his chest, starts jamming it into Cooper's mouth and you hear it scraping through his teeth. that was it's a bit much uh a little hard to take but um i i do like it um shout out to the sound effects crew oh yeah oh yeah um and cooper i can't remember if he gets a line in here or not but he does jab ryan uh basically in the head with this uh letter opener and that seems to do the trick it just takes him out he almost starts glowing where he gets impaled with it um maybe burning maybe burning that, that could be yep and uh yeah basically that's it uh cooper walks off with the dog that somehow was left alone throughout all of this um But uh, yeah, we get credits with some of Megan's snapshots from her camera, which is always fun. Uh, But yeah, that that's basically it. Dog Soldiers, no post credit scene. It's uh, it's uh, it's pretty tight and tidy film. I can't even remember what the runtime is, but it moves quickly.
1: Yeah. um, I actually. Don't that's one of the few things I don't have up here. Is the runtime? <laughs> uh, one hundred and five minutes.
2: Okay, yeah. So
1: super tidy. A little, little over uh, an hour and a half. Yeah, that's all so right. I like a moment. movie that respects your time. Um, yeah, and it's it's not without its problems. You, you definitely can yeah. tell it's somebody's first film. Um, uh, but it's it's so much fun. It's a great it's a great movie. Uh, if you just want to turn your brain off and have fun. And that's yeah. and that's why I love it. It's it's <laughs> so funny because it's like the polar opposite of something like The Descent, where The Descent is. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the most suspenseful and like gut wrenching movies to watch. This is uh, way less suspenseful, way more mm-hmm. fun. And, you know, guts literally get pulled out.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah and the descent definitely has an additional level of technical proficiency Um, oh god yeah it's it's just leaps and bounds an improvement in that regard not that dog soldiers is bad by any stretch it's just it's just campy it's yeah and this dude has obviously
1: grown from this movie to that so which is crazy because i feel like it's his next film right like after it is yeah so yeah so his first movie was dog soldiers uh obviously he had some shorts and stuff for probably college and stuff um but then it goes straight into the descent so he went from dog soldiers to the descent which is crazy to me
0: yep um well like we were talking about earlier the pre-production and just the slog that it took to get this film made he probably right. did learn quite a bit, but there's probably a lot that, you know, he kept from early days just because, you know, first film, you know.
1: Yeah, real quick. I, I this get this. This is den of dot com. Uh, this is the wild story of of the making of Dog Soldiers. So I just mm. want to read this real quick. Uh, The origin of Dog Soldiers can be traced back to 1995, when director Neil Marshall and producer Keith Bell were involved in a small film production together. It was fairly chaotic and people weren't getting paid and it was the classic ultra low budget, uh, deferment based kind of production, Marshall recalls. It was great. Uh, as a learning experience and a first feature to be involved with but it was clearly not a way forward as a going concern of making films for a living it was there that the pair made a pact to work together on a feature of their own with marshall directing and bell producing and ended up being marshall's soldiers vs. werewolves concept marshall had first drafted the script in 1996 Um, I'd always wanted to do a siege movie, war movie, or military movie, and combine that with my love for horror, Marshall says. He did exactly that. If you were to walk in late on Dog Soldiers and miss its opening scene, you might be forgiven for thinking you were watching a war movie. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. As a group of young soldiers engages in a training exercise uh, with their hard-bitten sergeant, But as their training progresses and their unit gets picked off one by one, the true nature of their foes begin to reveal itself before they finally devolve into full siege movie territory with the last survivors locked in a cottage trying to keep circling um, the circling pack of werewolves at bay. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's just interesting to think that he had just like a terrible experience on a film and then made a pact to make his own movie and ended up making dog soldiers out of that with a similarly low budget, I'd imagine. Um, but it took, yeah, six years to finally get out into the world. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so uh, uh, God, What was it, I doing then?
0: Jesus. Uh, they started this <laughs> when I was in high school and then I was meandering through an undergrad career. Uh, at some point by the time it finally came out. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely love this film. Uh, Neil Marshall has gone on to do, you know, quite a bit of other fun stuff He's really well known for a few episodes of game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't, uh, the black water, his,
1: am um, I'm go- Yeah. Blackwater and, uh, the watchers on the wall were the two episodes. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, he's, he's an interesting cat. Um,
1: yeah, most recently, uh, and I think there's a reason that it's his most recently. I mean, his personal film, The Reckoning, obviously in 2020, but uh, Hellboy is probably the movie you can kind of point to as, as a, a recent big budget movie that he worked on uh, for better or for worse.
0: Yeah, uh, I have not seen it. I know there were a lot of people that were hating on it like crazy, basically because it was not another Del Toro uh, Hellboy film. Um, but I, I've heard a number of people say that, uh, the David Harbour one is a little bit more in the vein of the original comics. So I don't know. Um,
1: I, I, ha- I think the movie has its ups and downs. I think that you're, yeah, if you're, if you want that more lighthearted version of Hellboy, that's not this movie, but I also don't feel like the darker tone of this movie really helped it in any way. Hmm. Um, I think overall it's, it's, it's a movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> aren't they all, aren't they all?
1: Um, it's definitely, it definitely has some great special effects. It's definitely shot in, in interesting ways. Um, it looks good, but I don't know if it has enough substance to really carry it. I mean, obviously they haven't announced a, a second one. So.
0: Right. Right. Well, I don't know that it really did all that well. So, mm. Yeah.
1: It's definitely one of those reboots that's really hard. I think I think they need like that that next reboot to just just get a younger cast in there. Um I think that uh getting Harbor in there was not the greatest choice just because how many movies is he really going to want to do in all that makeup and everything. It was honestly very similar to Ron Perlman when they chose him. I mean, he was no spring chicken when they put him in that role either. Yeah. So, but at least he
0: had uh, quite a bit of experience with heavy makeup. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. uh, David Harbor, definitely not, not having fun with all that makeup for sure. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Well, check it out. uh, I mean, it's free on somewhere to stream. I'd say, check it out. I don't know if I'd say pay for it, but.
0: (laughs) Now that's okay. Uh, We'll, we'll, Look for something I'm already subscribed to. That'll work. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I really don't have much more to say about this uh this the topic film, uh Dog Soldiers. I just think it's a fun as hell movie. Uh I love all the very clear inspiration that's in it. And it, it would be fun if um, you know, somebody down the road. Uh, clearly had this film as their major inspiration for what they wanted to do, because I love the very, very cyclical nature of all that
1: stuff. That's that's what makes yeah. all
0: this shit fun. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all yeah, I know.
1: Absolutely. When you, when you think about the fact that this was his first real film, like, obviously, he'd been working in the industry, and yeah. I think that's the biggest thing to take away from all this, right, is that if you want to do something, you literally have to start doing it. You literally have to start learning the process, learning the different facets of how these things are done and gain that experience. I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the past few years, kind of delving into uh, a lot of different stuff is the fact that if you ask somebody, Hey, how do I get started in this? They'll say, take a class. They'll say, You know, just start doing it. You know, those are the two big things. And when they say take a class, it's probably something like acting. So, for example, you want to get into voice acting, take a class. The reason they say that is because A, it'll help you learn the different process of what people are looking for as a voice actor. And it'll also give you stuff for your demo reel. When you are out there trying to get something done, Having a class, they'll have projects for you to do, and you'll have to voice certain things. You'll have to do certain things. That gives you, A, experience, but B, something to look back to when you're trying to pitch yourself to to places. Not to mention, it can lead to small projects, internships, stuff like that. Then, yeah. the other part is just doing it, where, let's say, you want to write in games journalism. Well, if you start a blog writing about video games, and you just hone your craft writing about... Uh, what you thought about a video game, then, you know, you can look at that. And when you try to apply to GameSpot or IGN, you can say, hey, look at my blog. This is all the games writing I've done. If you just try and even if you don't have a, a games journalism degree, you know, or not games journalism, but like a journalism degree, mm-hmm. um, then you can still point to look at all this writing that I've done. Look at all this thing, these things that I've accomplished. Look at all these YouTube videos that I made. Um, And uh, people can look at that and they can use that for your portfolio. And anyway, my my point is, you know, it's all about just doing it, (laughs) just getting out there and and doing what you want to do. And that's what Neil did with this movie.
0: Well, Phil, you're certainly getting out there and doing it and just, you know, making shit happen, because obviously, where can people find you? (laughs)
1: uh so you can find me on twitter uh at phil j woodward uh that's mostly where i am uh but there's simply sassy vids on youtube where we have a show called out of our league where we interview a bunch of really cool people uh most recently we got to interview josh roush uh who is the producer uh sometimes editor sometimes um documentarian sometimes filmmaker uh that is almost always included in kevin smith's work more recent work so if you've ever heard of kevin smith's podcast uh hollywood babylon he's the producer if you've ever uh seen like the behind the scenes documentaries of something like tusk then he was probably part of that really cool guy had some great insight Uh, into what he does on on that show and it was really cool Uh, we also got to interview Josh Hahn not too long ago uh, who is an actor in LA and we had a great deep conversation about him that went from you know being an Asian actor in Hollywood to um, you know his his health issues that he had and how he overcame that and uh, just yeah we're always trying to talk to really cool people and You can check that out at, uh, on all podcast services, um, and, uh, and YouTube, it's simply sassy vids and out of our league.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I I've seen both of those episodes and yeah, they are awesome conversations. You guys, uh, are clearly having fun in them and, uh, it it shows. Um, but yeah, I, I love the whole, you know, swath of conversation there. It's, it's super cool. and. Uh, they are most definitely not out of your league Uh, uh, (laughs) you guys come together for some very interesting conversations on this Um, but yeah uh, everybody go check them out and uh, well this has been Murders with Mertens a horror film podcast thank you for letting us tickle your ear holes Uh, please like share and subscribe if you are so inclined I'll be back soon enough with another episode but until then stay spoopy everyone Thank you